FM Pittsburgh. After Miami beat New England on Monday night, the cynics started crowing right away. They said, the Patriots will never lose two games in a row. I don't see it that way. Miami was a worthy winner on Monday night, and the women looked vulnerable. The Dolphins got pressure on Brady. They hit Brady, and Brady did not play well. Can the Steelers do that Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field? Well, probably not, because the Steelers usually don't. Like we've established, the way the Steelers play D is a favorable matchup for Brady and that Patriots offense. Soft zone, tackle the catch, lose by 20. ESPN now has the Steelers number one in their power rankings. That may be a bit hasty, but you can't deny 11-2. Not after New England loses. The Patriots did not have Gronk on Monday. They will have Gronk at Hinesfield on Sunday. The Dolphins pressed the Patriots receivers. They played Cook so tight that he couldn't catch a breath. Unless I miss my guess, the Steelers will not do that on Sunday. Miami's number 25, Xavier Howard. He was inside Cook's jockstrap. The Steelers' number 25, Artie Burns. He hasn't got it like that. New England's offensive line is suspect, but that won't matter much if you play soft zone, tackle the catch. So when you add up the likelihoods, New England is still who you pick. This is the Mark Madden Show live from fabulous Las Vegas at the luxurious iHeartMedia Studios on Mead Street in the shadow of the justifiably famous Palace Station Hotel and Casino. New England is favored by two and a half points. Three in some of the books out here. Favored by two and a half or three points at Pittsburgh after losing to Miami. Wow. But New England was a double-digit favorite at Miami. And Miami won that game. I feel like the Steelers might pull this off. I really do. And I'm saying that based on New England showing some vulnerability on Monday, and based on Ben and Brown being the best passing combination in football, and based on the Steelers having guts to win games in tight situations. I'm not sure New England has been tested like the Steelers in that regard. New England hasn't won many close games, and New England hasn't beaten many teams with winning records. Just a couple. So I kind of like the Steelers. Kind of, sort of. If the Steelers win, they do not quite clinch home field in the AFC. Not quite, but they would clinch home field against New England. But if New England wins, they're right back on top. I just feel like New England losing Monday and not looking good in the process as a double-digit favorite against a team with a losing record, that gives this game a whole new dynamic. And boy, there's no denying how bad New England was. 0 for 11 on third down. 
25 yards rushing on the game. Just an absolute mess. The Steelers had trouble stopping the run against Baltimore, but New England can't run. The Steelers on defense are a great matchup for New England offensively, but some of the things New England, really any team, should be able to exploit, New England can't. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. That's 412-333-WXDX. It's the Mark Madden Show live from fabulous Las Vegas. You got the Penguins at Las Vegas tonight. Uh, I was out all night. I didn't see the Penguins carousing, gambling, and bar hopping. That doesn't mean they weren't. It's a big time, and they would go to much classier places than I do. Well, except maybe Kessel. Him, I'm not sure about. The Penguins are not very good right now. They went two and three on a homestand that was supposed to get them off and running again. They are fatigued, no doubt. They won't admit that, but it's obvious. They are unmotivated because they come out flat way too often. The latter problem you could solve, I'm not sure about the fatigue thing. I don't know how you get your legs back this season after you've played 245 games since October of 2015. There's a long way to go, but right now the Penguins are not in a playoff spot. Maybe this won't be the season everyone is hoping for. Jim Rutherford told the Post-Gazette that he is a bit frustrated by the Penguins not getting their legs back and is considering, underline that word, considering a, a, a big trade, considering his options, but nothing is imminent, not at this point. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, getting back to the Steelers and Patriots, because is, that is the topic of the day and tomorrow, too. I mean, you got Flurry and Murray tonight, we think, in a battle of the last Pittsburgh goalie and the current Pittsburgh goalie at T-Mobile Arena here in Las Vegas. But it takes a back seat to the Steelers and the Patriots on Sunday. And a big debate between now and then, but we're going to talk about it constantly, is will the Steelers play more man-to-man? Can the Steelers play more man-to-man? Tomlin says they can, and he's kind of implying they have done this year. But Belichick said he hasn't seen that from Pittsburgh. Belichick was very effusive, very complimentary when discussing the Steelers. Belichick said Brown could be the MVP. And then he said Brown, Bell, and Ben could all be the MVP. Of course, with Belichick, that could have been sarcasm. You never quite know with Bill Belichick. It is quite a battle of quarterback pedigrees on Sunday, needless to say. Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks for sure, both with over 50,000 career yards passing. Brady, five rings, Ben with two. At least Brady... And Ben are both healthy. You got Dante Hightower injured. You got Ryan Shazier injured. And quarterbacks are going down like crazy. Wentz is hurt. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. I think he's coming back too soon. And if he exacerbates his injury, boy, Mike McCarthy and Green Bay management are going to have a lot of explaining 
to do. Good article on Dad Spin. I almost never say that, but Drew McGarry, one of their few uh, legitimately talented writers still uh, at Dead Spin, talks about how next year every rule conceivable will be put in place to protect quarterbacks that while the whole league won't be playing flag football, the quarterback might as well be wearing a penny that says, in effect, hey, don't hit me. And he cited a good example. You look at Andrew Luck. The Indianapolis Colts are impossible to watch without Andrew Luck. With Andrew Luck, they're moderately entertaining. With the NFL more than ever, embracing the entertainment value of the game more than the blood and guts part, well, it's something that could happen. The quarterback's protected a lot now. Could be protected even more moving forward. But the injuries, uh, every time a player gets hurt, a name player, we act like we should wear black armbands. Let's say that for injuries like Shazier's. A life-changing injury and maybe long-term head trauma. If it's just a football injury, a knee with Wentz, the collarbone with Rodgers, and you just miss some time but you come back, that's not a tragedy. That is just football. Uh, I always say that the Steelers lack focus, discipline, and consistency compared to New England. That's the Belichick difference. If I'm right or wrong about that, well, we will see on Sunday. Sunday will offer tangible proof or lack of proof when it comes to that argument. Martavis Bryant mispracticed yesterday. It was not injury-related. Maybe it's pot-related. Probably shouldn't say that, but boy, Martavis Bryant misses a ton of practices. Uh, Terry Bradshaw on the news again. He shouldn't be, but we talk about crap like this. Bradshaw said he has no opinion on Mike Tomlin. Last year, Bradshaw called Mike Tomlin a cheerleader guy. Bradshaw did say this year he stood by that. And everybody has their knickers in a twist in Pittsburgh. Look, Terry Bradshaw works for Fox and not the Steelers. Having worked for the Steelers and having won four Super Bowls as the Steelers quarterback shouldn't affect what he says on Fox. It really can't. Bradshaw's entitled to his opinion about Mike Tomlin, and he's not necessarily the only guy who thinks that. Why is it a big deal what Terry Bradshaw says, especially when the Steelers are hosting New England? That's a much bigger story. I know some of y'all want to hate Terry Bradshaw, and he is kind of a jackass, but Pittsburgh owes Terry Bradshaw more than vice versa. Remember that. That's boldface, italics, caps, underlined. Pittsburgh owes Terry Bradshaw a lot more than Terry Bradshaw owes Pittsburgh. 412 at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk hockey with Josh Yoey of The Athletic. Then in the 4 o'clock hour, we got football talk with Mike Pursuta from the DVE Morning Show. But we want your calls about Steelers, Patriots, What a cataclysmic battle it's going to be unless the Steelers just play soft zone, tackle the catch, in which case the Patriots will win by 20 or 30 like they usually do. 105.9 The X. 
Now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, what's up, Mr. Madden? Their moth might say no right now, but in their hearts, they're saying yes, yes, oh yes. The X at 105.9. Let's go to Kevin. Wants to talk Steelers-Patriots. Kevin, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, what's up, Mark? How you doing? What up? Hey, I just want—I just want—I just had a couple points to make. One, uh, when you were talking about Steelers losing lack of losing focus during games, I think that's two, one of the two key points, in my opinion. And I just had a question: uh, How you think about how Tomlin's handled this game so far? Instead of giving the usual "we'll take one game at a time" thing, he's actually spun it into "Yes, we are looking forward to this game. Yes, this is a big game." And how uh, you think that's going to play into their minds? Uh, on game day, or, or for the preparation up to it, and well, uh, I think so far it's worked out pretty good. They won the two games that these Steelers played in the interim of Tomlin uh, having made those statements to Tony Dungy. As far as how he handles the game Sunday, I don't know. If you are going to pin me down to what I think the Steelers will do, I think they'll play soft zone, tackle the catch, and get killed. But the Patriots looked vulnerable. I I am not counting out the possibility of the Patriots going to pieces because they didn't quite go to pieces against Miami, but they were never really in danger of winning that game, were they? No. What else you got? Uh, and then uh, one thing I think we're superior as far as offensive firepower. What's wrong with getting into it, realizing that both defenses aren't that great, and we just get into a shootout with them and, and win it that way just as long as we stay focused. That's a lot easier said a- than done, isn't it? And if you do force that, the minute you're down by two scores, the game's over. Mark my words, the minute the Steelers are down by two scores Sunday, the game is over. New England ain't Baltimore. New England ain't Cincinnati. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good. Hey, I'm a little confused about football injuries. Is Shazier's injury different than, like, uh, somebody else going down with a knee injury? Yeah, it really is different when uh, there's a possibility his life will be affected long-term and he might never play football again, as opposed to like a Carson Wentz who got a debilitating knee injury, but he's going to come back and play. Yeah, there's a difference. What's your point? Not not always. I just don't understand why. I mean, granted, Shazier has a a definite, like... So you want to compare Carson Wentz's knee injury to Shazier's uh, spinal injury? Well, what about uh, Answer yes or no. Uh, do you want to compare Shazier's spinal injury to Wentz's uh, knee injury? Do you want to do that? that. You, you compared that. Well, actually, no, you okay, so that. I'm asking you, you if you, you want to compare it. What do you, what do you say about those two injuries? They're, they're all playing football, and they know what the, the, the odds are that they are going to get injured at some point. You've got to be an Eagles fan, right? No, I'm not an Eagles fan. I'm a, I'm a diehard Steelers fan, but I don't understand why this is what they do. This is what they make a lot of money doing. Yeah, I know that. But, but if a guy, if a guy potentially is in a wheelchair, that's a lot different than busting up your knee, isn't it? You could be in a wheelchair busting up your knee. Yeah, goodbye. Long You're just stupid. I hope you wind up broke financially, not physically. I hope you're 100 percent healthy so you can wallow in your despair for being broke. I, I mean, I'm sorry. When you're going to compare a knee injury like Wentz has. To a spinal injury like Shazier, that's just dumb. My fault for taking calls so early in the show. Usually I don't. I paid the price because I had to hear stupidity. Uh, we have talked about how vulnerable New England looked on Monday night. 
0 for 11 on third down. That's the figure that jumps right out at you. That's the first time New England hasn't converted a third down since 1991. Brady wasn't playing that, I, I, I don't think. But the Steelers can't man up and cover Cooks like Miami did. Just can't do it. The Dolphins did it with Howard. The Steelers can't do it with Artie. Gronk's going to be back from suspension, and he owns the middle of the field. I don't. I think the Steelers' D will be very vulnerable to Brady hitting his backs out of the backfield, like Deion Lewis. That's an area where not having Shazier will hurt dramatically. What should the Steelers do on offense? We talk about their game plan on defense constantly, but they're going to play soft zone, tackle the catch. Uh, a very popular school of thought believes offensively the Steelers pound the ball on the ground and keep it out of Brady's hands. You control the clock. But that's ignoring that there's more than one way to control the clock. An effective short passing game can control the clock. I say take what New England gives you. Strive for balance, but do what works. Against Baltimore, 66 passes is what worked. Score first, and like I said, never get down by two scores. New England may be vulnerable, but New England won't blow it like the Baltimoreans did. Uh, you know what's uh, wearisome? Hearing people say, you got to pressure Brady. Okay, but the Steelers don't. you got to play man-to-man. Okay, but the Steelers don't. The Steelers just don't provide the Patriots with a challenging matchup when the Pats have the ball. And the Steelers and Mike Tomlin for better or worse, have never felt a need to temper their style or their game plan or their roster or their lineup specifically for the Patriots. The Steelers just don't think that way. Maybe that's why the Steelers are 3-10 and against New England in the Brady and Belichick era. Up next, live from Las Vegas, just like I am, from the Athletic website, it's Josh Showy talking Penguins. Matt Murray will be in goal tonight. Coach Mike Sullivan made it official. It's Murray versus Flurry. Hear all the action right here on the X. Ye.com. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. What's up, mate? Legalizing something and doing it to the point of being stupid are two different things, stupid. The X at 1059. Here's the latest on Joe Hayden, who's been practicing. Uh, defensive coordinator Keith Butler told the Post-Gazette, quote, he looks good to me. Really, what's going to happen is how does he feel tomorrow? That's going to be the biggest thing, unquote. Uh, boy, isn't that the truth? Uh, when you have a broken leg and you're jumping back into practice, it'll hold up and then it hurts. And how bad it hurts tomorrow might determine Hayden's role in the game against New England on Sunday. That's a rock and a hard place type thing because the Steelers really need them. Then again, if they lose Sunday, the worst that can happen is, I think that they get the number two seed, which gets them a bye in home field in the divisional round. So if there's any dot, I would err on the side of caution and not play Joe Hayden. Well, that depends. Can he re-injure it? That's the big thing. Broken leg? Could he refracture? I don't know. 
On the New England side of the street, they signed Kenny Britt. The Patriots did. The wide receiver, the cast off from Tennessee, they'll probably get there and turn into Randy Moss. Uh, I get emails and tweets telling me to criticize the Pirates. Gosh, you know, uh, the Cardinals went out and got Ozuna. The Pirates are going to trim payroll by 15 mil. They might trade Kutch or Cole or both, but what do you want me to say? You know what they're doing. You know it's a con, even if you're loath to admit it. There's no plan beyond profits, so what do you want me to say? They might lose 90. That's about all I can say. Huntington put out a weird quote. Talking about contending, it was maybe we'll contend at 18, maybe we'll contend at 19. It, it reflected them not having a plan. But they have a plan. It's just not a plan that involves winning. When winning happens, as it did in 13, 14, or 15, it's a happy accident. But they're not going to spend the money necessary to perpetuate. And i got to be honest, I feel like I've talked too long about them already. Uh Here's a weird circumstance. The Penguins uh, lost to Toronto on Saturday at home. Sid got an assist, and later they took it away. And if you watch the tape, it's the right call. Sid did not deserve an assist. But I wonder, would they take an assist away from McDavid at Edmonton? Because I highly doubt it. No quarter brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. This story's not funny, except... It's not funny. If you laugh, I understand. Please forgive me if I laugh. But it's not funny. The NFL Network and ESPN suspended a bunch of ex-players. Honor personalities. For allegedly sexually harassing a woman who did wardrobe. At the NFL Network. This uh, series of unfortunate incidents occurred at the NFL Network. Some of the guys uh, suspended by ESPN are working there now, but they're involved in the in the court case, including Donovan McNabb, now at ESPN, did some uh, is accused of doing some sketchy things while with the NFL Network. One of those suspended is former Steeler quarterback cornerback Shubas Ike Taylor and Ike Taylor is said to have sent the woman a video of himself masturbating Shubas Ike is said to have sent the woman a video of himself masturbating I don't believe it Ike's never been able to hold on to anything for very long look how many interceptions he dropped I just don't believe it 412- 3339939 is the number to call. One thing we're going to talk about at the top of the five o'clock hour is you gotta love that the Patriots are great villains. Absolutely terrific villains. I respect that. I'm a wrestling aficionado. What makes the wrestling world go round? is good bad guys. The New England Patriots are good bad guys. Uh, they announced the 
newest class for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Bon Jovi made it. That's deserved. Dire Straits made it. Okay, quick. Name four Dire Straits songs. Because you're going to stop at about three. Maybe. The Cars made it. Okay, quick. Name four car songs. Because you're going to stop at about three. Maybe. Okay, now name Foreigner songs. Foreigner's not in it, but you can name like 12 Foreigner songs because they sold a lot more records than Dire Straits in the cars, and their songs were all over the radio. Frig the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There's very few things I hate more than the friggin' Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The Moody Blues made it. Enough said. All the Halls of Fame are going to hell. Going to hell. Look at the Baseball Hall of Fame. They let in a couple old-timers, let in Jack Morris. You know what Jack Morris's career ERA is? Jack Morris's career ERA is 3.9, and he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Alan Trammell made it. The shortstop from the Tigers in the 80s. Just a punch-and-judy hitter, a singles-and-doubles guy, and he only won one major award that was World Series MVP, I think, in 1984. But what happens is... When you refuse to put the guys in the Hall of Fame that deserve it, well, then somebody got to go in, so you put in guys who don't deserve it. And Jack Morris and Alan Trammell are undoubtedly a couple of those. Now, here's some interesting trivia as the Penguins get ready to play the Vegas Golden Knights for the first time ever. Here are all the action tonight right here on the X. Right now, the Golden Knights are on pace to easily be the best expansion team in NHL history. Record-wise, they're 19-9 and 2 right now. But you know who's number one right now? Pittsburgh. Not the Penguins in 67. I'm talking the Pittsburgh Pirates in 1925-26. Only a 36-game schedule back then. The Pirates went 19-16-1. Not bad. Uh, St. Louis made the final in 1967, that was the Blues' first year. But that's because they put all six expansion teams in the same division, the West Division. One had to make the final. Edmonton and Hartford made the playoffs in 1980, their first year in the NHL. But they came in from the World Hockey Association. And so, to my mind, we're not really expansion teams. Anyway, they may have made the playoffs, but they were both under 500. But how about that? The Pittsburgh Pirates. 1916-1, their first year in NHL. And then, of course, they... I think they moved to Philadelphia and became the Quakers because Pirate management, despite having a good record, would not spend money to build on that success. And things quickly went downhill. It's got to be the name. I really enjoyed the, uh, the Vegas game on Tuesday. A lot of fun. Vegas goes to Carolina, 3-2 by shootout. I interviewed Derek Englund after the game, the former Penguin, who made a great speech after the the shooting, the mass shooting at Mandalay Bay. Engo is a uh, Vegas resident. He met his wife here. He lives in Vegas year-round. Check out that story at the Penguins' website. It's very good if I do say so myself. Uh, but with hockey, everything is just so new to the fans out here. The accoutrements are corny, like like Yoey said, Carrot Top is everywhere. And the uh, game host on the Jumbotron 
is too loud and won't shut up. But the enthusiasm for hockey here in Vegas is very genuine. And for an expansion team to do this well so far is inexplicable. Okay, let's talk Steelers-Patriots. What do the Steelers have to do to win? And are they willing to do it? As I said a bit ago, if I were Tomlin, if I were Colbert, I would say before the season, okay, at some point we've got to beat New England. So let's play more man-to-man all the time. Let's get personnel that can play more man-to-man. But that's not how the Steelers think. The Steelers do it their way, and they don't look ahead. Even though Tomlin did famously, talking about New England before the Cincinnati game, and the Steelers won both games against the uh, Cincinnati and the Baltimoreans. Uh, after that, now they play New England with a chance to pretty much wrap up home field. But but they should prepare to play and beat the Patriots long before they have to actually play the Patriots, but that's not the Steelers' style. In 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you the biggest reason why the Steelers need to beat New England on Sunday. I'm Mark Madden, live from Las Vegas, 105.9.